0: Your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Solom. There we go. All right. Welcome to Lacrosse Talk PM. I am Rick Solom. In the studio with me this hour is Tara Johnson. She is running for the U.S. House in the third congressional district, or I could just say the third district if I say U.S. House. When people say you're running for Congress, I don't like to say that. I like to say you're running for the U.S. House because Congress is. Anyway, that's uh, the pet peeve okay. of mine. Um, and you're one of. Are we still at three? Three Democrats in the primary yes. so far. Yes. Uh, Rebecca Cook, who's been on the show, and is it a- Aaron, Aaron Neitz? Knights? Knights. Mm-hmm. Aaron Knights, who is, I think, a Milwaukee native, and he's going to move over here because he loves the Bluffs. Maybe I don't know. I'll have yes. to get him on and ask him. And and you and you are, I guess, a, a little bio. I'll I'll tell the story, and you can you can uh, you know interject, Tara. She's a former and first ever county board chair, female county board chair, I should say, and she did that for twenty years, nine as the uh, chair, and you retired right around the, probably right when COVID went boom, exactly. right April twenty twenty. Yes. Yes. And uh, before that you worked as the executive director of the United Way in Lacrosse. How long did you do that?
1: So I was in Lacrosse as the United Way director from 93 until 2000.
0: Okay. And then I
1: went right to the county board. I'm, but but had some background in United Way in Green Bay before that and Milwaukee. So about 15 years in the United Way system.
0: And we you know we got a couple minutes here before we can deep dive in some of the stuff. Sure. But like what is the rest of Terrace bio is Sheila? Lacrosse native or Wisconsin native or like where These where are, did you start you where did I, little Tara start
1: When I when I first came to Lacrosse um, one of the board members of United Way said unless you own a cemetery plot in Lacrosse you're not from Lacrosse okay. So I am not from Lacrosse um, but I have lived here for 30 years uh, prior to that was in Green Bay as I said in Milwaukee before that came to Wisconsin um, 1980 many years ago um, to go to college mm-hmm. and I grew up in Pittsburgh
0: okay Pennsylvania
1: spent a little bit of time in Chicago but graduated from high school in Pittsburgh and I was actually born in Duluth Minnesota
0: oh wow that's yeah wow, that's a yeah right, so Duluth to Pittsburgh to Chicago, Chicago back to Pittsburgh
1: and then Wisconsin but yeah. Wisconsin is home and then for a lot sure. of
0: and then a lot of different places and we, well not really I guess you Milwaukee Green Bay and yeah, you you kind of hit some of the corners of Wisconsin. Right, right. And obviously, uh, you're running for Congress, or you're running for the U.S. House of Representatives here, and you got into the race. Why? That's probably the easiest softball yeah, for you. Yeah,
1: re- really because I love this community, and I am really anxious to have better representation in the House of Representatives, as you well put it, Um Really looking to put my experience of bringing people together, solving problems, building community for everybody, put that to work in Washington, where I think it is sorely needed.
0: Why? Why do you think? Uh, why Why do you run for the House versus maybe an Assembly seat here or um, a, a Senate, uh, a, yeah. a, a Madison Senate, a, yeah. a state Senate seat?
1: I mean, I I think it, we should note that I did run for. The state senate seat in 2008. Okay. That was a, a very close race with then state senator Dan Kapanke. Um But the reason I'm running for Congress is because I love the representatives that I have right now. So Steve Doyle is an awesome assembly person for me in the district that I right. live in. Brad Paff is an awesome state senator in the district that I live in. And I think we have horrible representation right now. And so the call is to return to the values of wisconsin um in our representative
0: yeah i talked to william garcia the democratic party chair about mm-hmm. this a couple of fridays ago just the we need fresh faces and then <laughs> and i was like I, I called steve doyle old i shouldn't i shouldn't have did that but he's 65 so i was like well you know like who's gonna step in and i you it's, but you, but his his argument was right. He's you, you know, like as Democrats, we have pretty good representation with Doyle, with right. Billings, uh, with with uh, PATH. And then above that, you, you just find the open seat. And so. Right. Um, and we'll we'll get into some of Tara Johnson's priorities. And I don't know if you want to name names about why we have horrible rep- representation. Uh, she's going to talk about her experiences at. Uh, plays, you know, when she's with her, you know, husband or boyfriend at plays, she's going to talk about what she does in the dark on the ca- No, I'm just kidding. Horrible <laughs> <coughs> Um uh, No, we probably won't talk about that. But anyway, we got to take a break. We'll be back after this. Alright, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the text line. Tara Johnson is in studio with me. She is running for the 3rd Congressional District or the 3rd U.S. House District here in Wisconsin that's currently represented by Derek Van Orden. And so is it a big motivating factor for you wanting to run that Derek Van Orden is our representative or is it just that we need better representation in Washington?
1: Yeah, no, I, I think it's absolutely both. I think we have currently a representative who does not reflect the values of this district at all. And uh, when you look at voting record, when you look at um, complete inaction on the part of the Republicans who are in the majority right now in the House of Representatives, it's embarrassing. And that's not even talking behavior, right? Like, Ugh. absolutely, behavior is a big part of this. It is
0: I – I mean, we're, gonna we're do, ashamed. If right? we're going to do what Democrats did with um, Senator Al Franken – for Having a picture where he's, you know, mm-hmm. in front of a woman on a plane and she was in the military. I think that had a lot to do with it. We're, mm-hmm. if we're going to kick people out of Congress for that, then we, if we want to look at just, mm-hmm. I, I'm just thinking, first of all, I made a joke about Lauren Boebert. I don't know if you kick someone out of Congress for that, but the way they talk and then their actions are always kind of like hilarious. But before that, we had that dude in New York who lied, he lies about everything. I can't even think of his name anymore because he's just gone, past- he, yeah. Um, but he's, you know, he, he, uh, his mom died in nine eleven. Uh he was a full ride scholar college volleyball scholarship. Uh-huh. And just like I, I, I oh just and so we don't kick people out of Congress for just completely falsifying their entire like if if later oh. I got back and I was like, Tara was never on the county board? Like, you know, like or just something ridiculous like that. I mean that's kinda how that yeah, went. And
1: and you know what I also I think it's also that it it really makes voters feel like they can't trust elected officials, right? And this is a big distinction between the federal level and local politics, right? I think at the local level, county board's nonpartisan, we bring people together, we solve problems, we hold the line on taxes, we provide services, and we expect a lot of local elected officials. And for some reason, there's this disconnect when you get to the federal level where behavior is so extreme and so out of bounds and at some point, you kind of become, I think voters become numb to it, right? And I think it is really important that we return, you know, civility and decorum and um, a lack of extremism to this race, to that seat. Um, you know, Ron Kind was there for 26 years, and I think we are, I, I think we are currently represented by someone who does not not reflect the values also does not behave in a way that we have every reason to expect
0: so you're saying a member well, of Congress should. If, if you were in the u.s house of representatives you wouldn't try it every every second to get on msnbc and and talk about it. <laughs> uh,
1: uh, yeah msnbc is not part of my constituency <laughs> or, or fox
0: right? like, or whatever you know like yeah, a, no, i it, don't know that it, seems to be the game for a lot of the people in washington is what and how much can i get on 24-hour news yeah yeah
1: and and you know, that's part of that extremism that I'm talking about. It's, and it is very narcissistic. It is about themselves and getting their name in lights. And the work that I have done in this community for 20 years on the county board and for 15 years before that in United Way is really about lifting up everyone, building this community. I, I say often I am an all boats rise kind of person. That is the work that I have been doing my whole career is making this community better for everyone, not lining my pockets, not putting my name in lights, not drawing attention to myself, but building community in a way that is better for everyone.
0: Aaron texted in George Santos. Thanks, Aaron. Oh, that's, thanks. That's, that's that's the guy in Congress. Who I lies didn't know about he out. had a
1: volleyball scholarship. Yeah, he, that's he said I, he had a
0: full ride to, and it's some obscure college that you've never heard of. Yeah, and, that doesn't and then, have a volleyball team. Probably. Well, <laughs> I mean, a men's volleyball team back when he would have. I don't know. I don't know how old he is. I mean, he's he doesn't seem that old. So they probably had a men's volleyball team. But there's such an obscure college to have a full ride to. You know, if it was like yeah, Division three, even yeah. Division two, you don't really get full rides. Um, Kent said, I should call this lacrosse talk PM Rick's democratic talk hour. Uh, it would be great. If uh, Republicans want to come on They feel, they can feel free to come on. Uh, we have, uh, people running in the U S house of representatives. So that's why Tara is on and she is running as a Democrat against, you know, at this point you're against Rebecca cook and Aaron mm-hmm. Neitz. Is it Neitz or night Ny- Knights. Knights. It's N Y T E S I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and okay. So. I brought this up. I'm just I'm off the cuff here. Uh, when when the U.S. Senate was running Democrats, there were like 13 of them running against <laughs> right. uh, Ron Johnson. Right. And their whole shtick was like, we're not going to attack each other. Mm-hmm. And, and, and there's one thing to say we're not going to attack each other in, a, in one way. But is there... Is there a way to to get into issues that maybe you and the other two candidates don't agree with? I mean, because you're not going to agree with very many issues with Van Orden, I think. But I mean, I feel like uh, issues that are down to earth, maybe we all agree on it, but we never talk about those. But I don't know, like what's your strategy there to separate yourself from those two at this point?
1: Yeah, so I would start by saying I think we are so fortunate as a party to have strong primaries, right? Like I think primaries give Democrats the chance to talk about issues, to, you know, kick the tires on all of us who are candidates and learn more about us. Um, And I think we will not see huge differences on issues between, among any of the Democratic candidates. I think the distinguishing feature for me is, is the track record, the leadership, 20 years of legislative experience, right? Granted, it was at the county level, but that is the work of a member of the House of Representatives is to legislate, is to look at legislation, to write legislation, to advocate for constituents in the third CD, yeah. and that is absolutely the experience that I have, and nobody else in this primary has that experience.
0: And when when uh, we we think about Washington and and the U.S. House of Representatives and the Senate and what they're doing, I think a lot of that stuff. What they're actually doing, I'm like, I don't, I don't actually know. What bills are you signing? What bills are you proposing? What bills have gotten passed? You know, there's a, there's a transparency there where we have social media. You could tell us every day what you're doing. I mean, some, some people in Congress are really good at that, and and others just don't. I mean, my, my state rep in Minnesota literally has no, no, doesn't even have a website, let alone except for the the gov website. But like, so you couldn't even nobody was up to at all and nobody ran against him. So that's, that's my experience in state politics. But, um, so, but you talk about like your experiences here and then what, what have you seen here lately that you need to bring to Washington? Like when you, when you, when it is issues.
1: Yeah. So first and foremost, I think issues that voters are talking to me about are economic issues. Right. And, you know, so things, my experience in, economic issues first and foremost is keeping taxes low. La Crosse County is one of seventy two counties in Wisconsin and we held as one of the lowest per capita tax rate counties in the entire state. And we have held that for years and years and years, right? Like since probably two thousand and I don't know, five or eight. Mm -hmm. Like we are one of the lowest tax rate counties, and we still provide all the services. We have a great array of um, criminal justice alternatives. Jails are super expensive, and they don't produce good outcomes. La Crosse County was very innovative in coming up with alternatives to jail from electronic monitoring to gender-based sentencing. Um, So we continue to provide services, but have held the line on taxes. So economic issues are keeping taxes low for taxpayers in La Crosse County. But it's also issues like being a green county. We were a sustainable county. We we committed to that many years ago and we have done things like uh, we have a green landfill and that means that it meets a ton of standards for how it protects the environment while still doing all the things that a landfill has to do. We piped off the methane from the landfill, sell it to Gunderson so that they can heat and cool there on Alaska campus. Innovative ideas like that around climate issues. The county, and I I will say this is, um, it began when I was there, but there's been a lot of work done now around PFAS and the issues of clean water in this community. I think that's something I hear from voters pretty regularly. Um, And and the roads, bridges, like the county has been very responsible in spending money on the highest priority needs yeah. while keeping taxes low. And that's the track record that I bring to this race.
0: When you, when you talk about your experiences with the county board and what the county is doing, is there a lot of burden fall on local government when maybe the... National government or DC government should be swooping in. Well, we'll like let's go childcare, right? The childcare gotcha. acts is that what it's called? The, that funding is going to end here in January, and yep. the state isn't apparently not going to do. Literally, just what was it? Forty-one seconds they gaveled in and out of session today to help childcare yep. industry in the state. Yep. So they're not going to help. We watched the city of Lacrosse. I think they're over a million dollars in trying to, to help childcare. Mm-hmm. Um, the county tomorrow is going to vote on a 20-ish million dollar package to kind of convert some of Hillview into a childcare center if you want to call it that. Yep. Um but yeah, those I mean so the federal government is is what will, it was it helped us through a pandemic because desperate yep. times call for desperate measures yep. apparently. Yep. We got to help people in childcare it's desperate. Uh now that it's over, I'll go figure it out like they're yeah. so they're not helping.
1: Yeah, and I so like, overall, yes, federal government needs to be doing more. I would say it flows downstream for local government. So from federal to state, the state has uh, really since 2011 completely handcuffed local government in terms of how they can spend money and what their tax base can be or their tax rate can be. Um,
0: that and change, that, that change a little bit with shared revenue, you think? Well, it... it
1: it, they hampered us on uh, – yes, you mean most recently? Yeah,
0: we just passed that shared revenue deal. I guess the city yeah. of La Crosse gets another yeah. million dollars. Yeah, but uh, the,
1: but the, there is historic um, handcuffing that has happened for counties, and the state has imposed that yeah, for okay. a very long time. So, um, you know, again, La Crosse County, low tax rate, and we weren't allowed to do certain things – when it comes to child care, the state is not... The legislature is blocking the state from helping out with child care. Yeah. So it absolutely falls on communities. And yet yeah, you can say, you know, it's a crisis. Uh, I got to see the hand gesture when you said that, yeah. Rick. But really, child care is a, an economic issue for families in this district, in this county, across the state, across the country. If you can't find child care, if you can't afford child care it makes it hard to work at a job to support your family right so it is an it is completely tied to the economy and what families are facing in terms of inflation and costs and childcare professionals childcare workers in the workforce have again historically been undervalued underpaid and that's what created the crisis right so it's not just some yeah. like All of a sudden, it's a crisis. It's been building because the state has neglected. Well, what I was saying, we we did
0: something about the crisis for a little bit, but we used a different crisis to kind of like as Uh, cover. You know what I mean? The oh pandemic, so we're going to help out. I'm hand gesturing. I don't know why I'm hand gesturing. (laughs) Um, And and eventually, we will be on camera. The cameras are getting close. Um, (laughs) But the other thing too is we did do something about childcare in the federal government, and then it's it's going to end in January. And do we? Do you think we have a a government right now where a house has the house i don't know how much you're paying this is the thing like mm-hmm. what who's paying attention to what the house is or isn't doing because all i ever hear is we're going after hunter biden and and whatever yeah, but are they passing legislation that no. would help childcare like are they continuing the child care act you know
1: no they're not and 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 this is part of the dysfunction in washington and i would say the complete dysfunction of the republican party right now is they regained the majority in the House, and they have been in control since January. And what is there to show for it?
0: Well, we're going to shut An the An investigation
1: government. into Hunter Biden. Right, and they're holding a, a government shutdown gun to one another's heads, right? Like even yeah. within the GOP, they are arguing, the Freedom Caucus and whoever else, they're having huge arguments, whatever it was outside the Capitol this afternoon, where they are constipated. Yeah, they, they are not able to get anything done because they don't even have leadership and direction for themselves in the majority, which is just ridiculous.
0: 608-785-7914. Terry Johnson's going to hang out the rest of the hour, but we got to take a break. Brad doing the news.
1: Whenever I see your smiling face. I oh yeah, this to smile is all right. Myself. I love you.
0: All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four is the text line. Tara Johnson's running for the U.S. House of Representatives here in the third district. Derek Van Orden currently sits there, and three Democrats are running in that primary. Um, just real quick before we kind of dive back into issues, debate. Do you, yeah, right. First of all, we'll have all you Democrats will have to debate. But do you yep. think uh, you think there'll be a debate after the primary?
1: I hope there is. I think it's what voters expect. Yeah. I th- I think it's important for voters to learn about candidates through a debate and through open discussion. So I hope so.
0: Debates make me nervous because even as a person that was on a debate panel, uh-huh. like just being the center of attention like that. In here, it's a little different. I don't know. I feel like I'm in my like safe space here, but <laughs> um, I don't know. Some people, I feel like that would be nerve wracking. Do you feel comfortable? Uh, up in front of a bunch of people and and talking about those issues? Because some people just, like, that's not going to be where they shine.
1: I mean, it's not, it it wouldn't be my absolute favorite thing to do. But again, I think it's super important that voters get to hear answers to pointed questions.
0: This gets back to speech class, right? (laughs) Just like the worst thing. Um, But that hasn't been the excuse for not debating. If that would be interesting, if you'd be like, I have a kind of a mental health issue and I don't Mm -hmm. actually love to be in Mm -hmm. front of crowds and debating Mm -hmm. like that, so... Uh, you know, like that would be, that would be my well, excuse. To I mean,
1: debate. if you think about what a member of Congress does, they serve in a deliberative body in a legislature by its very nature is based on debate. It's all debate. So if a candidate isn't willing to debate at the local level with voters in the district that they represent makes me worry about whether or not they're capable of doing that and advocating for me and fighting for me in congress yeah i guess right? they do have
0: to stand up in front of 400 absolutely. of their colleagues and with
1: the cameras on and absolutely
0: great point tara i didn't even think about it uh, can't use that excuse anymore um okay some of the like we could always like there's a there's a hard distinction here to draw between you're going to run in in the u.s house so washington you're going to be over there right mm-hmm. and w- what are the issues so the the issues get bigger right there's still local things but the issues get, like, a little bit broader scope. Um, like, Medicare for All is one. That, like, I don't understand why you people that are running don't just always, every time, run for on Medicare for All. Because everybody has to either pay health insurance or gets uh, really screwed by – well, either way, they get screwed, I think. Uh, when it comes to, oh, something happened to me health-wise, and now I'm either in debt because I have cancer right. and, and insurance isn't covering it or right. – I have so many people that I, uh, you know, I have this and the doctor says I need to take this. And the insurance company says, why don't you try this first? Because, you know, for whatever reason, we don't want to pay for that. I don't know. Is that are you a big Medicare for all person or what's your take?
1: I I, I first and foremost believe that access to affordable health care, quality health care is a right. It is not a privilege. Everyone should have it. And I come to that uh, from who I am as a human being, but also as a mom and as the wife of a chronically ill person. My husband, Tim, is um, a union electrician. He became a contractor, but he was covered for all of his illnesses by union insurance. So he had a kidney transplant in 2014. He had stem cell transplant in 2017 for multiple myeloma. He's had many hospitalizations. Um, as a result of you know compromised immune system. He is very healthy today, and it is 100% attributable to the fact that he has union health insurance. And I believe that every person in the 3rd Congressional District, every person in Wisconsin, every American deserves to have affordable, quality health care.
0: Do you ever think about what what would have happened to you and your family had he not had the insurance that you have?
1: Yeah, I try not to think about that.
0: You just, I try not to think about that. You would sell your house and just, like, that would be where you would be at, right?
1: Absolutely. And maybe he still wouldn't have gotten the care, right? Like, even if you have all the money, if you can't get in because you don't have a card, if you can't make the choice that's right for you, whether it's... You know, a kidney transplant or PT because you got injured right. well, in a car accident yeah, or whatever telling, it is, right? I
0: was telling Tara my my story uh, during the break. My like, I've been injured for a while where I just can't. I can't play basketball, so it's 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 pretty basic. But that's like my outlet for for having fun. I can still play sand volleyball, but <laughs> so then I go to physical therapy and I get the bill and it's five hundred dollars. Yeah. And then it's uh, insurance with the quote unquote insurance discount. It's two hundred and fifty dollars, and I'm like, uh. And it was like 45 minutes of the, the person telling me, you should do these three stretches and then come back in two weeks and we'll see, you know, what and others. Made progress and then it's or, like, and yeah. I'm like, well, and she, she asked me, what's your goal? And I'm like, well, I want to play basketball. And she laughed at me and I was like, well, that's, I go, why are you laughing? And she's like, well, that's going to take like eight months. And I go, mm-hmm. well, but that's the goal. Mm-hmm. Like to be able to run, you like, yeah. you're old and fat. Well, you're crazy. I think that's what yeah. she was thinking. But I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> But like I was like, okay, well, eight months—that's fine. But then I get the bill, like, and the bill doesn't come as you walk out or right. before you go in, right? Yeah. Like, like right. you go to the right. grocery store, right. you know how much. Right. Um, and I think we're trying to change that a little bit, like upfront billing. But you can, and you can go on these hospitals' websites and find out kind of what things cost. But uh, yeah, two hundred fifty bucks for a physical therapy appointment. If I need that for eight months. Mm-hmm. Well, I like I, I want health care where I don't have to think about it. And I, I right. get like there's a, there's a, there's your health and how you take care of your body. And and that should determine a little bit about what your health care should be. But um, if we right. all went if we all went all in on healthcare as opposed to all in on defense spending, we would all be in a better place.
1: And it is it is a right like we all deserve the right to be healthy. Yeah. And when we start setting up the haves and the have-nots or it's tied to employment or any other set of restrictions that come crashing in on healthcare we are we are not taking care of one another like basic healthcare for everyone how it gets handled whether it's uh in I, I, I'm not going to say that term because I think it, it sets people off. We have to figure out a better system so that everyone has access you to health You don't
0: healthcare. like M4A? What about universal health care? Do you like that one better? I mean, is there a term? I mean, there's like you, so true. We, we don't call it liberal health care. But.
1: Right. But it's health care for everybody. That's yeah. what it is. And so for Tim Podeski to have had the care that he had that saved his life multiple times in the last, you know, eight or nine years – that is something that everybody should have access to and it should not be a question of whether you have the right insurance card or uh, what about people who live in rural communities who can't even get to clinics and right. to providers we have to do a better job well
0: the, we have to yeah the access to it my whole thing is the the whatever health care plan we, sh- we have as a country it should be <laughs> the plan should be called you don't have to think about a health care. <laughs> That's, that should be, use that, Tara, if you okay. want to go run with that. You don't have to think about it. Right? I love that. I... Even if you have to, even if you're, what, you have the sniffles or a sore throat, right? A sore throat would be one of those, mm-hmm. oh, maybe I have strep throat, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I better, what what's the first thing that somebody's probably going to do? I'm going to wait it out. And yeah! See what happens.
1: And I'll go walk around and uh, breathe uh, on I'll, other people.
0: Well, and... I'll be miserable for a couple of how long? I had a friend who had a cough, right? But he had a cough for like six weeks. And then finally he went in. Oh, you have pneumonia and you almost died. Like, we really have to get this out of your lungs now. Right. He almost died. He's a good friend of mine. He's telling this story. I'm like, you almost died? Like, yeah. what? And- um, but he's stubborn because A, he's stubborn. And B, like he has, I don't, I, you know, he probably has to think about it a little bit, Healthcare
1: And yes, and you shouldn't have to think about it. I agree with you yeah. on that. And it's also, I think the, the, it's a misnomer to say health care because it's really sick care right now. It's when You're six weeks into a cough that won't go away and you finally decide to go because you feel like you have to and you've been putting it off. That's not health care. That's sick care. Right. And that's part of the current system that has to be changed.
0: I mean, there's. Yeah. I mean, the system could be it it could be incredible the way the the system could be devised because you could work in. When I talk about physical therapy, I'm like, this could be worked into healthcare or personal trainers or memberships to the Y that all could be worked in. I mean, some insurance companies work smoking
1: cessation and substance abuse, right? right? The the wellness, the whole realm of staying healthy, yeah, everybody should have access to.
0: 608 785 7914 is the text line. I'm reading all Tara's texts or the text to Tara to her during the break, just so you know. Um, but when you guys all reference like California and Nancy Pelosi, it's just not—it's not worth it to even talk about. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. Tara Johnson is in studio with me. She is running for the U.S. House of Representatives here in the third district, a seat currently held by Derek Van Orden. She wants to change that. Uh, three other, two other Democrats are currently trying to do that as well. Uh, we were talking about. Let's see here. We were talking about, what did I just call Help. it here? Uh, you, you don't have to think about a healthcare, right? right? Yes. Uh, somebody yes. did text in, and this is, a, Bill made a great point. Rick, it's not insurance. It's the cost of medical charges. Okay, so I don't know if he makes a great point there, but it is, it's about, it is insurance, right? Like, Absolutely. we should just get rid of the insurance aspect of, well, if we had some kind of, you don't have to think about a healthcare, then we wouldn't have insurance. insurance. Yes. We wouldn't have right. a middle person. Right. We could go... I always, I always thought, like, why doesn't somebody that lives in this community and knows that they're going to be here a while, why doesn't Gunderson just offer some kind of, like, here, if you get your care here, mm-hmm. and then we'll, we'll hook you up. Because yeah. I, when I was doing my physical therapy dilemma, I was like, well, what would this cost without insurance? And it was way cheaper. And because they, 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 it's like 66% off or 60 or 50% off of whatever the $500.
1: Because you took the middleman out?
0: Right, because you take it without insurance. I go, well, let's do that. And they're mm-hmm. like, you can't do that. You have insurance. And i are like, oh, you already outed me as somebody with insurance. So I yeah. penalized for having to pay, you know, a, a, however many hundreds of dollars a month for, for insurance that, you know, doesn't work until you hit your deductible, really. Yeah.
1: I mean, there, there are a lot of people in insurance companies making a lot of money on people being sick and trying to get care. Yeah, I mean, that's clear. Uh, are providers making money? Yes. I mean, I think in this community, we have not-for-profit health care. Uh, you know, people may or you know may disagree with that. But to me, it, it, it is, again, a system based on um, making money off of people being sick and making it difficult for people to get access to care. And, you know, I think related to this also is prescription drug prices, right? Um, I think one of the things that um, has has helped Americans is that list of the first 10, I think it is drugs that Medicare is now able to negotiate lower prices on. Mm -hmm. It's a good start. Except
0: there's a a lawsuit that might overturn that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But, but that notion again, it's, it's trying to cut away at the profits of big corporations who are making tons of money on people being sick. Yeah. And so for me, it's a very similar concept. Prescription drug prices, holding the line on them, lowering them is what's going to make a difference in the pocketbooks of people who live in the third congressional district. And we should be doing more of that work.
0: I had Tanya Atkinson on. She's the Planned Parenthood of Wisconsin CEO and president. She has both titles. I don't know how she <laughs> rigged that. But um, And, and I, I've said this multiple times on my show. If Roe versus Wade... The, the overturning of Roe versus Wade, what, a year and a half or so ago, right. was the best thing ever that happened politically for Democrats, because I think it fired up a lot of the base. Um, but, like, I don't know, what's your—do you think that's true, and you, or would you snap your finger and go back to the way that was?
1: Well, I, I definitely think that we need to codify Roe, that we have to go back to that landmark decision that I think was the right decision, And from a personal point of view, when I was 24 years old, living in this state, going to college, I was able to access an abortion and those services. And we have a 24-year-old daughter who lives now out of state because she's going to grad school, but when she was my age, living in this state, she did not have The same services. And that to me is wrong. And it is such a regression and such an oppression of freedom, right? This is freedom to do with your body what is the best choice for you. Mm -hmm. And when people, you know, pound their fists and say, I'm for freedom, you took away my daughter's freedom to make a choice for herself by turning, by changing that decision. And I think that that is wrong. And I also think to have a patchwork of laws, to be in a state like Wisconsin, where thankfully Planned Parenthood is, you know, it has decided to take this on. But when we are being governed by a law from 1849, um, before women had the right to vote, before women were in the state legislature, you know, passed by a bunch of men, that is so regressive and so oppressive for half of the population. It, 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 is, it just seems crazy to me that we are living in these times. Um, and, and that is something that I will be advocating for. And the reason I'm advocating for it is because I believe it personally, but this is what I am hearing from voters as well. Huge majority of people who I talk to want that decision to be reversed.
0: It's it's the same concept too, right? Like I don't have to think about it. Healthcare, you could work abortions into that because when when I talked to Tanya Tanya Atkinson, the the CEO of Planned Parenthood in Wisconsin, um, I I just asked her what do you think the law should be or whatever, and she was just like, uh, the law should be I go to the doctor and you don't <laughs> as a per, as a politician, right? And you don't come with me and tell me right. okay, what's your situation, and I'll decide whether or not you qualify for. The thing that you are Mm -hmm. at the doctor for. So, and I was like, yeah, that makes sense. I should, if I want to get physical therapy on, on my calf, the, the, you as a politician shouldn't have to come in and go, well, what are you going to do with that calf? And we don't, right?
1: We don't do it with anything except women's reproductive rights. Yeah. Like we don't, we, we don't, there isn't a politician in the room saying whether or not you can have physical therapy on your calf. There is a politician in the room saying whether or not women have access to reproductive health care. Period. I love,
0: I love the meme that says uh, all men once they turn whatever age mandatory vasectomies until they decide to have children. But at birth, right?
1: No, no, no no no. no, 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 But, but, if, but,
0: but if, if that was if that was thrown out there by somebody, right. and I,
1: know, I, I get I, I absolutely we, respect the concerns that people have about um, you know being thoughtful about what that law is like, right? Like I understand people being concerned about um, end of pregnancies and, you know, the debates about, you know, a, a, a mom's health and rape and incest. I, I'm, but I think those are slippery slopes to go down because the reality is we only control this part of healthcare mm-hmm. when it comes to women and reproductive health care. And that is wrong. And we lived for, you know, 40, 50 years not having politicians in the room for that. And the fact that we have returned to it is, it is absolutely ridiculous and wrong. And it's causing young people to leave the state, right? And it's... It,
0: it, yeah. It, yeah, I mean, when you have to migrate to, to Minnesota or Illinois to, to get that health care... Uh, when there's, and there's only two clinics in Wisconsin that do it. So if you live in like three quarters of the state, yeah. that's either kind of a drive. Plus you have to, there's a 24 hour waiting period. Yep. She was telling so. me some of the, you know, like, so I have to drive, you know, three hours to the place and then either Here stay the overnight, position. lose a couple right. of days of work. Yep. Um, all right, that's Tara Johnson. She's running for the third congressional district. If you go to Tara F O R uh, you could you could check out her page. You can probably throw your email in there, and then that's how you get a hold of you. Yes, too, that right? would be
1: awesome. Thank All you, Rick.
0: All right, thanks, everybody.